Happening, everybody. It's your man Dame D NYDC. Two mics up. It's Black History Month, ladies and gentlemen. And you know, last season and, and the year before, we really didn't do much for Black History Month. But you know, with the pandemic and COVID and everything that's been going on, really wanted to take some time this year to really kind of delve in with the conversation. And this conversation this month for Black History Month is not going to be anything about any type of historical figures or historical events. But I wanted to really start this conversation by diving into things that are really important that we may talk about at home or behind scenes with our families, our friends, just kind of kicking around, you know, why is this or where is this or how can we do this? And the first topic that came up uh, on our board was the church. And, you know, I really wanted to focus in, you know, with some real talk this month in this series, real talk, real conversation. And today I'm blessed, you know, to have two gentlemen that have, have you seen on this show? They're very active here in the DMV in my community. And some of you who watch this, you know, in our community, very familiar gentlemen. And they took time out today to have, you know, some real heartfelt conversation and, uh, you know, as I continue to tease, I'm just going to stop. And I want to bring these two fine gentlemen to the mics because they're going to be rocking the mics with me tonight. Uh, as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, we have Carl Armstrong and Mr. Gary Holland. Gentlemen, brothers, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to sit here with me tonight. And before we dive into the conversations, I'm just going to jump into it because you gentlemen are have too large and too long of a background for me to try to intro you. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to step away and I'm going to start at the bottom. I'm going to, I'm going to let my brother, Mr. Gary Holland, Gary, please take a moment to go ahead and introduce yourself or reintroduce yourself to our audience. Just let me introduce myself. My name is, hey, let me stop. Let me stop. I, I don't want to call some people to go back to a time. They don't want to go back to <laughs> hey, hey, seriously though, my name is Gary, Gary Holland, um, a long time. Born and raised in, in the DMV, uh, 20 plus year staff and resident, with a heart to serve in the community, uh, serve as a pastor, uh, president or vice president and founder of an organization called Enough. And we've done a lot of different things throughout the, the broader community uh, in many, many different areas. And just so honored to be able to be a part of that. Um, and also partnering with a lot of different organizations and churches and just really want to do all we can. And I want to do all I can, my wife and I, to help others. To help people just to be honest and to try to to, to to bring resources to folks that need it so that's really a a, a brief introduction about who i am and i'm really glad to be here i'm talking to you from the commander's game uh so there's okay. some background noise here uh uh please uh excuse me but i'll try to keep it muted unless i'm speaking hey brother, man hey look i wish i mean i, I mean hey my giants is already in so i wish your commanders better luck next year uh, you know, do what you do, but hey, can congratulations and thank you, man. That means a lot for me, you know, taking time out, you know, where you could be with your family watching the game and enjoying the game. But thank you. We're gonna try to make this brief so that you can go ahead and get back to enjoying the festivities. 
Um, definitely last but not least, uh, you know, my brother Carl Armstrong, ladies and gentlemen, Carl, please take a moment to reintroduce yourself as well to our audience. Hello, audience. I am Carl Armstrong. I'm Gary and Dame's friend. And before we get started, <laughs> I want to let you know that we do forgive Gary for being at that commander's game. He took one for the team today. And uh, next year, we're going to invite him to a real team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. But anyway, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hail from the 757, and that is the uh, Tidewater or Hampton Roads region of Virginia. I am from the South Norfolk borough of the great city of Chesapeake. Live now in Stafford County. Uh, I pastor along with my wife, Transition Place as a church, an online ministry. Uh, I'm also a board member of Heart for the Community Initiative, which is a community help organization. I serve with Gary Holland on, with a group called Enough, another community help organization. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous time in this community. I love the Rappahannock region. I love Stafford County in Northern Virginia. And I am ready to have this conversation with our brother from another mother, Mr. Dane D NYCDC. <laughs> I appreciate it. Get Carl and Gary. Hey, look, you gentlemen are so entwined in the fabric of the community here, you know, in the Stafford area. Um, and it's a pleasure to have, you know, made your acquaintance and, and to really have the opportunity to get to know you both, you know, through our travels, crossing paths and different things over the years. Um, but one of the things, like I said, you know, you both touched on your background, you know, being in the church and being a part of the church, being pastors in the church. Um, and when we were doing this, like I said, you two gentlemen came to mind immediately for, you know, to me, you know, for this conversation. And I just really want to start, um, you know, because the church, you know, Carl, you and I had talked about it briefly. You know, one time the church was really like the epicenter of the black community. And through time, through change, through transition, um, we've kind of moved away, you know, and when I say we, I mean, many of us in the black community have moved away. Um, one, can you talk about though, why do you think that is like what challenges, you know, maybe the, the, the church itself is facing, um, so that those of us who are not as, cause I like to think of myself spiritual and, and knowledgeable, but I am not as deep, uh, as I was, you know, coming up as a, as a young man, uh, with my family. Um, but what are some of the challenges now that, that you think that we the church is facing um, when dealing with the black community? And I'm going to start with you, Carl. Uh, I think that uh, the world has changed. Mm. The communities have changed. The communities don't look now like they did when we were young, young boys. Mm -hmm. uh, we are very close in age, so uh, we share the same era, right? <laughs> right. And uh, so the communities have changed. Uh, affluence, black affluence has mm. changed us. Many times when you talk about the black community, if you're talking about a neighborhood, a community like that, uh, many times you have mixed communities unless the communities are, are poorer. That's what I have right. seen. I'm not saying that those are statistics. That's been my observation. Right. So uh, because we have grown in influence, because we have become more mobile, uh, because of technology, uh, things have changed. Mm -hmm. I still do believe uh, that the church is the pillar of the black community. It doesn't look like it did in our younger days. It doesn't all the way sound like it did. But right. when it comes to reaching uh, the black community, if you skip the black church, you're going to miss us. Mm, that's a powerful, powerful statement. And also true in all, all aspects of that, you know, 
uh, I think we talked too, you know, probably, you know, affluence, assimilation, um, segregation, uh, a lot of different things have really led to uh, the tearing of the fabric, if you will, of our community as it relates to the black church. Uh, so I think all of those things and what you said was powerful. I'm interested, Gary, you know, what, what do you see or what do you feel uh, has been some of the challenge, current challenges that we, we face with the black church? Yeah, Dan, that's, that's a great question. And, and in addition to what Carl just said, one of the things or two of the things that de definitely come to mind, one, and, and it's funny when you hear me say it, uh, I'll say taxes, because okay. when the IRS tax code uh, changed and 501c3s were made available to religious organizations mm. and they took advantage of that and had tax breaks because of that and tax benefits because of that, but they couldn't really get involved in politics without jeopardizing right. their tax status back in the 60s and you know prior to that in the 70s when the church was the the cornerstone of our community during civil rights all mm -hmm. of these civil rights meetings were held in church basements in church right. congregations right. the right. NAACPs the southern the southern leadership christian coalitions were meeting in churches and galvanizing people through the church fabric now right. You can't do that as much because if the church is obviously visibly politically engaged, they jeopardize mm. their 501c3 status. Yeah. So you're seeing the, the black church, I believe, shy away from vocal, visible, political and social justice engagement mm. because mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. You know, And the other point that I'll make also is the financial uh, uh, aspect of churches. Churches have become big business. They have become Very big true. business, just, just to true. be honest. And because right. of that, a lot of people shy away again from engagement because they begin to view churches as big business versus the cornerstone of the community and a place for hope and love and support and progress and in growth for our families. So those two things, I think, have made a big difference in mm. the black church uh, in terms of why we may not be viewed as engaged or as effective as we once were. You know, I have to I have to agree with you, Gary. You you brought up a very big point, something that's very personal, I guess, because it's a personal thing to me. Uh, and generally, I think, like Carl said, we're all probably around the same age and kind of come from the same, you know, upbringing. Um, the business of the church and, the and, you know, you see a lot of these mega churches. It really turned me off and tuned me out of wanting to not necessarily go to church, but be a part of a church. Because, well, you know, when I used to go to church, it was a church family. You knew everyone, everyone knew your family, you know, it was one big community. Now it's like we go to this mega church, I feel like a number, you know, and sometimes I, I've gone to a couple of churches here in the area where it wasn't even like about me, but it's like, hey, brother, you know, oh, you knew here. What do you do? Yeah, you know, like, okay, what? So am I just a financial gain? Am I just a number to tick off? And, you know, so that whole scenario really turned me off. And that really leads me, though, to the, to the follow up question, then, gentlemen, then. As we've talked about these points, then how does the black church, are there any ways that we, the church itself can work to reinvigorate itself, if you will, or reintegrate itself back into, let's say, someone like myself, you know, to come back and be a part, you know, to become that pillar again? Like, how do we get to that point? Or what are some of the steps that we can do to get to that point? And Gary, I'm going to start with you on that one. Yeah. Well, one thing I'll say, Dame, is that the church is engaged. The okay. church is engaged in the community. And the, the thing that I, that, that I think we all need to be mindful of, and there's a scripture, and definitely not going to preach here. We'll leave that to Carl. 
<laughs> but the Bible talks about God giving us pastors after our own heart. When I yeah. when I interpret that, there's a church for everybody. Not yeah. every church is for everybody. There are plenty of, of minority churches that are smaller, that are family oriented, that are socially engaged, socially involved. And then there are the larger, more complex, mm -hmm. diverse mega ministries that appeal to some people. My, yeah. my, my, my comment, my suggestion is that people would visit and find the church that's for them because mm -hmm. there are churches out here that are engaged and that, 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 that check off the boxes that each of us have individually in our hearts in terms of what the church could be doing, should be doing, and how we can help that church mm -hmm. do those things in our community. So I don't want to paint the picture that this, this blanket picture, the churches are not engaged. They are, but I do think we need to be patient with ourselves and give ourselves opportunity to visit and find the church that's right for us because not every church is for everybody. I, I love that. And I love the honesty because, I mean, saying that makes me have to step back because you're right. Uh, and I think, Carl, you and I talked about sometimes we, we, we get so caught up in our own place and space. Mm -hmm. um, and I like the fact that, Gary, you know, you're right. If you take the time to find the, the church that, that kind of connects with your heart, where you are in the space that you're in, um, instead of getting caught up in the hustle and bustle and, oh, I have to do this or this one is doing that one. Take a step back and find that space and place that really resonates within you. Uh, and then you'll find that engagement from the church. So I do, I do love that aspect, and thank you for for really sharing it because that really gave gave me a new perspective um, for myself. So hopefully, anyone listening to this, you too will find the same. And Carl, I want to ask you the same question. You know, what are your thoughts? Well, I'll tell you what. I think that COVID changed everything. Hmm. When our nation went into shutdown, uh, I, I could see it so plainly. Really, I had seen it years coming. You talked about the church re-engaging. I think when everything got shut down and it was not safe to gather, uh, it was so you so you didn't have your choir on Sunday morning. You didn't have the ushers or with the little white uniforms on. Mm -hmm. You didn't have the deacons and the trustees marching in with the pastor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we, we had to break down our tradition mm -hmm. and break out of the box we painted in our church cultures and church leaders had to become very creative with how do we keep the church together mm -hmm. even though we can't physically be together. Yeah. Now, uh, there are many of the church leaders who caught on and do realize that we are in what I call a new wine era. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't believe that church will ever look like it did pre-COVID. Okay. Not the churches who will be here 10 and 20 years from now. Gotcha. The churches that will be here 10 and 20 years from now have already turned the corner and realized a couple things. Number one, we're going to have to get beyond the four walls, not just in a physical, mm. literal meaning, but in the way that we think. And number two, and let me tell you, uh, this is very, very important. We have realized like never before that we are the church. So when we look up mm. to the church for things to do, what we really have to do is look inward. We are the church, the church. and the change that you're looking to see in the church, you are that change. And mm -hmm. I agree with Gary. Gary is so right. A lot of times negative opinions about the church have been formed about personal bad experiences. Mm -hmm. But if you grew up in New York City and you had bad church experiences in New York City, when you get to the DMV, you can't judge these churches because you haven't been there. Right mm -hmm. now. There is a need for the mega church. 
The mega church can do things that the smaller church can't do. Last mm -hmm. year, Father's Day, look at what Pastor Jamal did, Jamal Bryant did down yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It took money to bail those men out so they could be home for Father's Day. Right. The church with 10 members can't do that. Right. But some of those people who would survive in that big ministry, uh, some are not doing well because like you, Dane, they need that personal touch. They need mm -hmm. for their pastor to know their name. They need right. to know the person in the parking lot and on the front row. So mm -hmm. Pastor Gary is right. We have to find a ministry that suits us, our our calling, mm -hmm. our gifting, yeah. our ideas and our needs. Mm. So when we learn that and let's humble ourselves. Yes. Humble ourselves. Yes. Uh, the scripture is right. And God is right. We have the problem. Mm. See, ladies and gentlemen, see, this, this is what it's all about. You know, like real talk here. Um, you know, you, you can always learn something and be enlightened by conversation. And conversation is, and Carl, we talked about it, is the first step to resolution. Uh, and really, I want to use the the these conversations to at least one for you to spark conversation. Because just in these 15, 20 minutes right here, some of my own thoughts, you know, let's just be honest as human beings, people, we all don't know. We don't know everything. We all, although we look the same and come from some of the same backgrounds, our environments though, within those backgrounds, are a little bit different. So we are exposed to different things, but I do like what both of these men are saying, you know, open yourself up, open yourself up today. You know what? Maybe I do need to change. Reflection is hard especially when it comes from within or when you have to turn that mirror and look at oneself. Very difficult. But if you can do that, you know, with this conversation and any other conversation, resolution can come about. And we're going to use this to hopefully come back later on uh, this year. And we'll we'll talk about, you know, some of the resolution from this conversation, you know, that maybe Carl's had with his ministry, Gary's had with his ministry and his works and see what we've done to positively make change in our community, because that's really, at the end of the day, what this Real Talk series is all about. So with that, gentlemen, then I, I, I do want to lead into, because I'm just not going to walk away without really diving into another aspect of the church. As men of, you know, of the pulpit and things like that, there was a time we had leaders that were very visual and, and very out in front. And I'm not, not saying that it's not that way today, but where are our leaders at? You know, where, where is that? And I don't want to put one person, but we don't seem, uh, seem to see it across our spectrum as we did coming up. So where are they at? And, and really to the, the flip side of it, is it still needed or do we still need those type of leaders? And with that, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to start with you, Carl. Uh, the question, where are the leaders? Well, uh, remember this. You don't have to have national exposure and national visibility to be a mm -hmm. leader. Mm -hmm. I've often said this about uh, the Stafford region, the, the, the Rappahannock region. We don't really need to go out and get big names because we have everything that we need here. Mm -hmm. Here's the question. Where are you looking for leaders? Ah. Are you engaged in your community? Do you volunteer? Uh, when there's uh, a feeding uh, going on for uh, disadvantaged people? Do you volunteer when there's clothing events? Mm -hmm. um, are, are you around for the back to school stuff? Right. Community involvement is going to let you know where your leaders are. Mm -hmm. Do you belong to a church? And if mm -hmm. you belong to a church, are you active in the church? Right. What other organizations do you belong to except uh, going to work and going home? 
Mm-hmm. There are a plethora of leaders who have a tremendous background and tremendous uh, expertise in a various number of areas. But if we don't put ourselves in a position where we can uh, be in touch with them, then we may not know. Now, mm. do we have a Martin Luther King Jr. as previous generations did? Uh, I'm going to say on the national stage, one that can just galvanize all. I don't think that we're in the era anymore. Okay. I think that we have several nationally recognized uh, leaders who can pull people together. But mm-hmm. a, a lot of our leaders are local and regional. Mm-hmm. And you don't need a big name. What you need is big work. Mm-hmm. People that will take personal responsibility really? for the problems in their community and come together. You're looking at a tremendous leader on with us now. Gary Holland mm-hmm. is a tremendous community leader. Mm-hmm. He may not have national exposure, but you're not going to get too much better when it comes to the Stafford region, the Rappahannock region, when it comes to leaders. Right. Mm. Enough said. We're going to put a period on that comment. Gary. You know, I'm going to ask you the same question. Please, come on, sir. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I mean, because, and I agree with Carl, there are plenty of leaders in all of our communities from one end of the country to the other. But the key is is, is finding them. Year, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, it was different. There was no internet. There was no, you know, we didn't communicate the way we do now with text messaging, websites, streaming services, etc. Leaders had to go out and get out in front of the people and talk and have rallies mm-hmm. and communicate. They gave them more of a of, a, of an in-person uh, engagement, and it built from there. Think things, and they were leading for a different reason. Then they were right. they were fighting for our lives, fighting right. for our freedom, fighting for our right to vote. As Carl mentioned earlier, you know, our to be honest, society has changed. The, the black experience has changed, and we're mm-hmm. not fighting for those same life-changing sorts of ideals anymore. But nevertheless, there are people in our communities that are very effective leaders and the way the place you'll find most of them now really is in the areas of community service just like carl mentioned it could be in politics as well and politics is so crazy you know i would certainly say let's look to ways where you see people organizing across our communities that's where you'll see the leaders in and in, in the black community and to, t- and to touch on the the thought of engagement Mm-hmm. When I, w- I was just in San Antonio with my son, I just came back today. He was in a football combine, a national football combine there. The other night, he and several of the other boys from around the country went hanging out. and The parents went to have dinner, which is what the old folks do. Right. He, ca- he came back late that night and he said, well, they were out in San Antonio. A group of black Hebrew Israelites engaged them. Mm. And he said they talked for an hour. He okay. said he, he began to ask me questions. His, his, he was stimulated mm-hmm. intellectually about, about the faith. He was stimulated about the black experience because these men were well-versed in what was in their heart and right. they engaged them on the sidewalk with their friends. They were relevant right. in their approach, mm-hmm. right? They, they tied it all back together with Kyrie Irving and Kanye West and, and all of those sorts of things. So we had a very fruitful conversation and I sat mm-hmm. there when it was over and I said, we have to be, we have to think of our engagement. Yep. You know, typically in the church, a lot of times we're engaging from behind the pulpit. We have yep. that natural barrier yep. to the yep. people. We may have online services or Bible studies with a person in the room with 20 or 30 people. But yep. we really have to consider our engagement in the 60s mm-hmm. and the 70s. It was face to face, in the room together, in marches together, yep. arms linked, right? Where yep. we actually felt each other and supported 
one another. That's what those black Hebrew Israelites did to these young men. They engaged right. them and mm -hmm. stimulated them. Um, now, it wasn't for the right reasons, but right. the model that they have right. worked. And that's something we need to consider in the black church. If we're going to continue to be effective, to be more effective, we have to look at our engagement model yeah. with our communities, with our young people, with our married couples, et cetera, with our elderly. And yeah. ask ourselves, are we truly engaging with them in a way that's impactful and, and helpful? Yeah, I think you, you both hit it on the head, but I, I, I'm going to walk on the engagement part because I think that's huge, um, you know, for me and where we are. You know, I think there's something that said, you know, you have to meet people where they're at. Yes. And um, I think for me, I, again, like you said, I know we live in a different time. We're, we're dealing with different, you know, events and things, you know, we're not marching like we used to or marching for the same causes. But uh, from a church standpoint, uh, I understand the pandemic was one thing that kind of put a halt on things. But I thought for me, and I'm not saying every church doesn't or hasn't, but I think and I can only think of a couple. You know, I have a couple of gentlemen that work with me that are pastors and church, but they were very specific in their intent to go out into the community and engage people hand-to-hand, -hand, mm -hmm. face-to-face, mm -hmm. even through COVID. And to me, that's that speaks more to me. Mm -hmm. And again, we, we've already talked about, you know, everybody's different. Um, but I do agree. I think the church at, on some levels needs to figure out on how to kind of get back to that. Because I think the next way, you know, we can get more of our young men and women to kind of come back to the church, mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, be a part of the church. Because that's the other, that's the other side of it, um, you know, the three of us, you know, you know, I call we're the, the gray wise beards or the wise men of the of the family of the tribe. Um, but we're not going to be here forever. Right. Right. Uh, and we need that young energy, that young youth, that commitment um, to be able to carry on. And that engagement, I think, and I think it comes from gentlemen like us to create that engagement in that safe space for young people to want to have the conversation like Gary was saying. Uh, his his son had with the black Hebrew Israelites, and I wasn't going to go there, but since we brought it up, you know, I am not here. I do not believe in hate speech, any type of hate towards anyone. But I'm curious to get you you your perspective, um, you know, being men of the church, and how the comments, because I think delivery, I, and I want to be careful on how I say this, because. Kyrie has some very valid points, I believe, but I think delivery timing was terrible. And I'm just curious to get, you know, both of you gentlemen's thoughts on that. Now, Carl, I'll start with you. Are we talking about the comments that Kyrie made concerning Jewish people? Yes. Okay. Let me say this. Um, all of us have a different lived experience mm -hmm. in this black skin. Yes with our degrees, with our experiences, with the love that we have for people, we still live in a society and in a world where none of that matters to some. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. And at the end of the day, we've, the three of us have had unique black experiences. Mm -hmm. I believe that Kyrie Irving was speaking from his truth. Okay. Now, do I agree with everything he said? No, no. Yeah. If I had his ear, would I uh, share with him some of my lived experiences? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm almost twice his age. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, us with the gray beards have lived through some things. 
Now, I also think we have to give some credit because there was some truth in some things that he said. Mm -hmm. So what I have really learned, really got burned through me with the whole George Floyd uh, experiment and everything that people were going through. We do have a lot of things in common, but not all things in common. Yeah. If you come from an environment where as a black person, you came up in an environment that was very mixed with races and ethnicities and cultures Mm. And you did well in that. You didn't see a lot of racial prejudice. You know, you weren't singled out because of your skin color or your socioeconomic background. Well, then you won't feel the same as maybe Gary and I, who didn't mm -hmm. come up in that same type of thing. Right. OK. My personal experience with white cops is being called nasty names and having a gun put in my face. One more word. I'll blow your effing head off. Right. So where I'm coming from with my black experience might be a little different. Than another person. I can't yeah. tell him or her what their lived experience is, and they can't tell me what mine is. Mm. I hope nice. I answered your question. No, you did. Because, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think his that was his experience, and that mm -hmm. was his, how how he's been impacted as, as a young man, as a young black man coming up in America. Um, that was his experience, and that was his truth. And I agree with you. Like I say, some of it, I was like, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not necessarily wrong, right. but there's a, we live in this cancel culture and everything else that goes on. And, you know, I just think everything is about delivery, mm -hmm. you know, and especially, I mean, you gentlemen know being out in the community, heck, being on a platform such as this, Carl, your platform, you, there is such a thing as delivery. Can I add something? Sure. I want to add something. Mm -hmm. In preaching, we learn there is an art and a science to preaching. Mm-hmm. And we can use it in any kind of public speaking. Of course, the science is the information. Yeah. You got to know what you're talking about. Right. But the art is your delivery. And part of the delivery is understanding your audience. Right. right. So one of the things I would have said to my brother Kyrie was, brother, understand who your audience is. And one thing I learned in my battle from becoming a young man to a seasoned man, you can be right but be right all by yourself. Man, Sometimes look. you have to use wisdom and bring in the mm -hmm. right information mm -hmm. in the right way at the right time mm -hmm. so you can be heard, understood, Dude. and agreed with. So these are things that we learn on the journey getting to where yeah. we're trying to go. Yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, he'll walk away or walk away or have time to learn from that uh, and add that to his journey. And use that that sage wisdom, you know, later on in his life. Uh, so I mean, you, I'm with you on that, <laughs> Gary. Uh, you know, I'm interested in your take on on Kyrie's comments. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, when it comes to you know, Kyrie's comments, uh, Kanye West's comments, uh, Louis Farrakhan, kids have so much access to to people that are speaking um, from different perspectives on YouTube and on the internet. And I talked to my son about this. And what I what I came back to when I was talking to him is that old. Uh, idiom sometimes you have to eat the meat and spit out mm. the bones mm -hmm. because Kyrie Irving, Louis Farrakhan, even Kanye to a degree, as you yeah. said, they said some things that were legitimate points and things that we need to consider and deal right. with. And they also said some things that were just not in alignment with 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 our faith or with our our perspective on life, right? So I don't I don't hold, hold fast to you know thoughts and, and about division and, and right. hatred. So I talked to my son about when you listen to these things, when you hear that, park that. 
But when you hear things that highlight, you know, the, the importance of who you are as a black man, who you mm -hmm. came from, our true history, what we're capable of, what we've accomplished. When you hear those things, hold fast to those because those things are true. But there will be always you'll hear things from people that aren't in alignment with your spirit, with your mm -hmm. heart. And we have to let those things go. So I'm not going to sit here and, and put down any of those men. Um, because right. I do believe that some of the things they said were worth listening to yeah. and worth applying. And and you could just look at the Donald Trump experience we had. He said a lot of crazy things, but they piqued the interest of a half of this country. Country, yeah. It piqued, it stirred them up enough. It fired them up enough that they became engaged and supported him. We yeah. sometimes seem afraid to say the things that may be along mm. the lines of what Kanye or Kyrie or Farrakhan would say that would stir people up and right. light a fire in them uh, to get them to be more engaged, more mobilized, to begin to walk by faith more. So I think mm. we have to just ex examine ourselves some. And, and and the church sometimes is very cautious, <laughs> very conservative. Yeah. But the truth, the truth is the truth. Yeah. And I believe as we speak the truth and live the truth, uh, it will catch people's attention. It will engage them and give us opportunities to work together to better our communities. And, mm. uh, you know, but yeah, eat the meat, spit out the spit out the bones. That's my my thought about uh, Kyrie and Kanye. <laughs> See, y'all heard it here, y'all. Y'all get these gems, ladies and gentlemen. But all of this ties into because both of you really talked about community, right? It, within that, it really trickles down to how we all take it, and then how we take it plays into how we are in our communities. You know, and and you both touched on that. I'm curious though, and I, and I just want to really just change lanes just for a second how does the church now get back to uh or taking this or disseminating information to again become that positive force of creating positive change in the community and gary i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna start with you on that one yeah the church is doing it man i mean I, and i'll give you a great example okay on the upcoming international day of service the martin luther king jr International Day of Service, um, and I'm not a member at this church, mm -hmm. but Zion, Zion Church of Fredericksburg has what they're calling Zion Takeover on okay. the Day of Service, and they're going to be, they're, they're working with Habitat for Humanity, mm -hmm. and they're beautifying a community center in a predominantly black community in Fredericksburg, in okay. Mayfield. They're going to paint, repair fences, do stuff to the lawn. They're going to, wow. they're going to go in there and beautify a community center smack in the middle of, a, of what some would call an impoverished community. Also on that day, they're taking over the area's only homeless shelter. They're providing haircuts for the men, wow. beauty services for the women. They're going to be reading books to the children that are in the center and leaving books behind with them. They're going to be preparing and serving uh, breakfast and dinner to the residents of that of that shelter, right? So that's a church. Mm. And that's not the only thing they've done. We They partnered with many organizations throughout the area for the, the Hoop for Hope basketball tournaments, the mm. Peace in the Paint basketball tournaments that we just finished uh the winter edition where tons of toys were given away wow. to kids in the community and, and basketball games were played pitting the police against the fire department to bring them out into the community in a different light so, so people don't only see them when there's a problem so there are churches mm -hmm. and organizations that are engaging many times we're so busy we don't see it yeah. and we, we we scroll past those posts because there's not a, a woman there with no clothes on, <laughs> you know. But the churches are engaging from Dumfries to King George 
it's up to us to try to make sure we're doing all we can to share the things they're doing in the community so we can get engaged and roll up our sleeves and serve with them. Mm. And you're 100 percent right. Uh, that's that is the underlying theme. I, I know for myself, you know, Carl and I talk behind scenes. You get caught up in life, unfortunately, uh, and or fortunately, uh, but you do miss out or miss on those things that you really should be more active in. And just, I'm just talking from a personal uh, perspective. Um, I've missed so many things or wished I had had time to take part in things. Um, there's just not enough day, time in the day. Uh, there's not enough of you or Carl or Gary to go around. Uh, and sometimes these things just happen. But, you know, I think in 2023, uh, I, I've made a concerted effort to myself uh, to change things that I, I wasn't doing before. You know, reaching out, making phone calls, checking on, you know, my brothers, my sisters, my friends, my family. Um, and I think that's the first step for me to be able to then kind of create that snowball mm -hmm. you know it becomes a normal routine then you know what's going on in the community how can i you know outside of my time become more engaged in the community share things in the community um so that's my i made a concerted effort for me that was not a resolution but a promise i made to myself to do more in 2023 so carl i'm going to ask you the same question you know how does the church get back to creating that positive change you know gary shared some great you know, commentaries, some thoughts and things that was going on with some churches here in the area. And I'm curious to know, you know, from your perspective, you know, how, how can that happen or is it happening? Like, like Gary said, I believe that it is happening. Uh, I'm going to do my best to make a long answer, a short one. First and foremost, we have to live by the law of Christ. He said, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you mm -hmm. love one another. They shall know that you are my disciples by the love you show one to another. So the first thing the church has to do as individual people and families and communities that make up the church, mm -hmm. we have to live a life that is an example mm. of what Christ gave us to do. That's the first way that we help our community. Now I'm going to talk about the church that I lead. Okay. I live in Stafford County. I'm a part of the Rappahannock region. So uh, we have a huge vision to build not a church, but a, a, a ministry center where we can feed people who are hungry, clothe people who are naked, have uh, programs for drug abusers, uh, uh, alcohol abusers, uh, have a safe place for abused women and children, uh, things along that sort. And there are already entities in the community that are doing that, and we want to work with them. Now, the community that we serve is not a black community, a white community, a Latino community. It is a very mixed community. The mm -hmm. church has to have programs. The church has to have ministries to address the different portions of our uh, society's ills. So when it comes to social problems, the church has to have social welfare ministries. Mm -hmm. We have to have an arm of the church that is interested in evangelism and missions that gets out on the streets and deals with homeless people, deals with abused people, deals with mentally ill people. If we're going to be what Christ called us to be, right? Which mm -hmm. is to make disciples out of all men, all nations. Mm -hmm. If we're going to do that, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And we do that by meeting temporal needs. First natural, then spiritual. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to getting back to 
When I look back, I'm only looking back to gather what I learned from the fathers who taught me. Transition Place and Pastor Armstrong are looking forward to serve the community that God gives us. I am a black man, so I've lived the black experience. I have expertise in our plight. And I'm going to work with whatever uh, group of people that the Lord puts uh, under my tutelage. And I do the best I can to learn their issues and by the power of God, create ministries and programs that can be helpful to them. And I'm, I'm hoping that I answered your question. Oh, no, you did. And I mean, it's really important to, to get those perspectives because uh, the both of you, like I said, and this, this is the beauty of it, ladies and gentlemen, you have two men, two black men, men of color that that have experiences that many of us have have had. Um, but they're coming to us from a place uh, of guidance. Um, and we we really live in a tumultuous time. We've really been living through some things that I'll be honest, I, I can remember my, my grandparents, my great grandparents, things I thought I would have never seen. And we need to have men in the community, places in the community that we can all go to to feel safe in, that can fulfill our needs as we've talked about this evening. Um, and it's important that when you walk away from this conversation, like I said earlier, that you can now go ahead and go home and have this conversation with your family. Build out, try to work out on a plan of resolution um, and find yourself maybe a safe home, a safe space. If you're here in the DMV, you have two men right here on your screen because uh, the, before they go, we're going to get their information. We're going to put it in the show notes that you can reach out to that can help give you additional guides. Maybe they and maybe they can point you uh, in the direction of something that you may need, some type of care, some type of assistance, whatever it may be. Um, this is what I love about this platform and having uh, the pleasure of having two incredible men, uh, you know, join me tonight on the show. But before we go, I just want to ask, you know, in your opinion, gentlemen, from where you, where you both sit, is there anything missing, um, you know, within the church or our community that you would like to really share with someone or have someone walk away with? You know, whether it be a scripture or point, a vibe, something that you want someone to really walk away with uh, as we close out tonight's conversation. Can you before repeat we, that question? I, I, can you share something, whether it be a scripture, uh, a point or something that you're doing through your church, your mm-hmm. church's ministry? That you would like to share with you know our listeners tonight that they can walk away with uh and and kind of put in their back pocket or their front pocket and, and walk away with uh feeling good about themselves and positive something uplifting whatever it may be and gary i see you moving so i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to go ahead and start with you so uh, we, we can go ahead and get you because we're almost at the end and i want to go ahead and let you go brother got it hey one thing i'll say is i just met i just met gary clark Okay, that's what's up. Okay, for, the, for, the, for those who don't know, he's a, a Hall of Fame Washington Redskins mm-hmm. from the heyday of the Washington okay. Redskins. So, one one thing I'll say is, in line with the conversation we've had, there are a lot of things pulling on us. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things pulling on us as adults, as parents, as husbands, wives. There are lots of things pulling on our children. All sorts of influences, music, media, challenges in school, peer pressure, drugs, promiscuity. There's so much pulling on us right now. Sometimes I know it feels like the world is caving in on all of us. I know it does for me. Our careers can be pulling in on us. Our our jobs can be causing all kinds of of issues. 
I mean, there's so much, but the place, the place that I absolutely believe uh, that is our strong tower, is our place of refuge, is the church. Yes, the church dwells on the inside of us as individuals, but the assembled church is that place. Finding the right church requires some effort, but no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how tough things are, are for you, for your family, for a loved one, no matter the loss, no matter how painful it is, the church is the place to provide the, the hope, the support, the love, the care, the concern. The church is the place for us to, to put our, head, our minds together, to roll up our sleeves together, to look at our neighborhoods, our communities, to see what we can do to help with food and security issues, to help with health care issues, financial issues, career training issues. The church is that place. And I don't want anybody to leave this, this, this call tonight feeling like the church has lost its relevance because it has not. But what the church needs to make sure we're relevant and engaged is you, is you. So I want to challenge us all to find that church to make our own and then to get involved and be the blessing that I believe God has called each and every one of us to be. Mm, man, look, that that was well said, Gary. And I appreciate that because, man, that, that touched my heart. It touched, it touched, it touched me so the hairs on my body is standing up because it, the most important thing, it does take you. It takes every each and every one of us. And that was, that was pointed and to the point. Carl, that's tough to follow up. But if anybody's going to be able to follow it up, I know it's you, Carl. <laughs> so please go ahead and share your thoughts. I'm going to share with you what the Lord shared with me. And it was the vision for the church that my wife and I planted. Second mm. uh, Corinthians 5 and 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Mm. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That is the place of transition. The old person who didn't have understanding, the old person that didn't have love, the old person who didn't have Christ comes to the point of transition where you realize you've done all you can do on your own without Christ. And you come into a loving relationship with Christ through a loving, Bible-believing, powerful church. And that's the transition place. That's why we want to build a ministry center that's going to deal with the common needs of people because we want to help people get from the place where they are. I don't care how dirty, nasty, despondent it is. I don't care if you got church hurts, been cast away, sexually abused, got addiction problems. All That's just your starting point. But you need to know there are men and women of God out here who have been called to be a transition for you to get from where you are to where God has called you to be. But we got to hear. We got to hear the call. We got to hear Christ knocking at our door and we have to answer. And if we are ready to answer the call, there is work for us to do. It is work for all of us to put our hands to the plow, to use whatever God gave you as far as gifting and talents and skills. You have creative ideas. We need all of that to be able to impact this generation and impact our communities one by one. So be encouraged to know that you are part of God's plan. And remember, if any man, boy, woman, or girl is in Christ, you are new. The old man is, he's gone. 
he's mm. gone. Mm. Behold, you can become new again. Mm. That mm. the transition place. Man, I could not say thank you enough to both of you gentlemen for not only your time, your words of wisdom, but just really pouring in of yourselves into tonight's conversation. Mm. Um, it means the world, uh, not only to me, but I think and I hope that anyone who watches this or listens to this conversation can really walk away knowing that the church, like both of you have really made clear, church is not gone. <laughs> church is still here. The black church is still here. We just have to work on ourselves, put in the work into ourselves to go out and find it. Uh, and that is my takeaway. And I'm going to leave it there at that point. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, before we go, though, because I know Gary, I don't know what the score is right now. I don't know how y'all looking right now. But if you both could just take a moment, I'm going to start with you, Gary. Just take a minute, man. Share share your you know, uh, social media information where people can yeah. find you. Um, I will make sure I put it in the show notes as we, you know, for this show to air. But I want to go ahead and let you go because I, I know you're probably able to family. So please yeah. go ahead and take a moment. Yeah, no problem. I'm not here with my family. Actually, a friend that's a businessman has a okay. suite and he okay. invited me to that. So, but but nevertheless, uh, the best way to, to contact me really is through my public Facebook page. It's uh, Gary1968. If you go to facebook.com slash Gary1968, uh, that's my public Facebook page. Uh, the group Enough. Um, that we formed several years ago. Uh, the Facebook page for it is uh, Shout Enough 99. I think it's at the at sign Shout Enough 99. And that's where you'll find the, the Facebook page for Enough. And I posted my email address in the comments. Very easy. Gary underscore Holland at Outlook.com. Give me a call if anybody listens to this and wants to talk to somebody about helping them find a church in the area. I and I'm sure Carl are more than happy to talk with you and to recommend a couple of churches and pastors uh, for you to go check out. No promises, but we can definitely <laughs> listen to you and recommend some places for you to check out. Thank you so much, Gary, man. I appreciate it, my brother. Carl, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to do the same thing, man. Take a moment, share your social media uh, information and where people can get, get in contact with you and the work that you're doing in the community. All right. If you want to contact me personally and directly, you can email me at carldarmstrong at gmail.com. And I spell my name with a C, Carl D as in Delta, Armstrong at gmail.com. Social media, you can find me on Facebook at Transition Place. One word, Transition Place. My IG, The Transition Place. That's on IG. And on YouTube, you can catch me at uh, Transition Place 502, 502. All right. Also on Facebook and YouTube, if you type in Carl's Conversations, all one word, Carl's Conversations, you can catch, uh, I guess you would call that the, the social activism arm <laughs> of, uh, of Carl Armstrong. So feel free to reach out in any of those places. We will do our best to get back to you. There you have it. We're going to make sure we put both both yours and Gary's information, uh, like I said, in the notes. You know, Gary, uh, he stepped away, but I, I, again, I thank him and both and you as well, Carl. Again, amazing conversation as always, amazing, and I, I look forward to inviting you both back. And we'll circle back and, and kind of build and continue to build on this conversation. I think this was a good starting point, a good jump yes. off point. 
Um, but we definitely want to continue to build. And I think as men, men of color, men in our communities, I think, you know, as we talked about tonight, not only with the church, but as men and leaders, this is something that we should start doing more of together. Amen. Okay. I agree, brother. Anytime so, you need me, I'm here. Thank you so much. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it.